and welcome to Political Traction. I'm your host, Amanda Galbraith. The dust from the Ontario provincial election is settling. While Doug Ford's PC party cruised to another majority, the NDP failed to mobilize their supporters and the Liberals are reckoning with another historic defeat. While their leaders resigned and in the case of the Liberals, official party status is still out of reach, the parties now need to rebuild. This week, I'm joined by my colleague and Liberal strategist Jeff Costin and NDP strategist Kim Wright to speculate on where the parties go from here. This is Political Traction. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, we have some super amazing colleagues and, and you know friends uh, joining us today, uh, and not from the, the governing conservative camp because I frankly they're great, but I don't want to talk to them today. I want to talk to friends who represent both the Liberal and the NDP party here in Ontario to get a good sense of um, what's going on in the future of both of those parties. So joining us today, as mentioned, in intro is my colleague Jeff Costin uh, and Kim Wright, who uh, who we work with sometimes and who is uh, a savant of all things NDP. Um, and municipal, if you ever have a problem there, I'll tell you that. Um, Kim and Jeff, thank you for coming on the podcast again. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. See, Jeff says that with a reluctance. But- <laughs> 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 Long time listener, first time participant. So I'm super <laughs> yeah. Um And uh, Jeff comes to us, as mentioned in the intro, fresh out of the, the Liberal War Room. Kim has been a longtime NDP stalwart. Um, so as we mentioned before, we don't need to do post-mortem on the election. I think there's lots of that happening. Um, you're welcome to provide your thoughts as you go as we go through this. But I'm actually much more interested in the future of both parties because now you're both without a leader. Um, in particular, the NDP has had the same leader for 13 years um, prior. And I think that is a huge like sea shift for a party and actually takes quite a while to get your feet underneath you. The Liberals themselves have been a bit more in flux with leaders, I guess you could say, over the last little bit. Um, so maybe I'll go to you first, Jeff, and then to you, Kim. Um, given... Del Duca resigned that night, I think rightfully, given you guys did not achieve party status. Um, what's kind of happening amongst liberal ranks right now as you sort of get your, kind of realize what happened and kind of get your feet underneath you as, as next steps for the party? Yeah, my uh, my unconvincing happy to be here is uh, is largely a reflection <laughs> of the tough that time of the fact that it is a tough time for the Ontario Liberal Party. Last Thursday was a really disappointing result for a number of reasons for a lot of the candidates who put their name forward, pausing in some cases, stopping careers like have candidates like Jeff Lehman, who announced he's not running again for mayor of Barrie, um, did not win his seat. So there's a lot of disappointment. Um, but I, I think that brushes with death for political parties can be a necessary step for renewal. We saw this uh, with the Trudeau Liberals that the federal party was in a lot of ways bogged down by baggage and infighting from the Chrétien Martin years. And it really took a few embarrassing losses and relegation to third party status for the party to reinvent itself in a lot of ways. It got younger, it got more progressive, it opened up its membership. Of course, it selected Justin Trudeau as leader. And um, people on this people on this call may disagree on whether or not that's a good thing, but it's you know, seven years in power later, it's it's a very different political movement. Um, so I think we're at the beginning of a long period of self-reflection for the Ontario Liberals. Procedurally, I think in the very near future, uh, there will be an interim leader selected. John Fraser, who won his seat, the MPP for Ottawa South, has done that before in the aftermath of the 2018 election, I think would be really capable of doing it again if he's willing and get selected and the party will enter into a leadership race 
And as or part of the importance of that will be how we select a leader. Ontario Liberals are something of an anomaly compared to other political parties and that we still have a delegated convention. And we might want to get into that. Keep um, it. In a bit For more goodness detail. sakes, keep it. We <laughs> always want to go back to this. Seriously. Yeah, Kim and I both smiled as soon as you said delegated because we love delegated conventions. It sucks. Our way sucks. But I mean, it's better. Anyway, go ahead, Kim. Let's oh, go ahead. Yeah, back no. to you, Jeff. I think there are success stories to them in that they encourage people to work together. I think the 2013 leadership was a good example in that Sandra Pupatello and Kathleen Wynne had very different visions for the party, but they didn't go at each other hard personally. And, you know, a lot of senior staffers on the Pupatello campaign ended up being senior staffers in the Wynne Premier's office. So that's a positive consequence of the delegated system. But at the same time, if if the party's trying to bring in new members and open itself up, I, I can see the value of one member, one vote. Um, so that, that'll be a lengthy conversation for the party to have in the months ahead. All right. I have a zillion questions for you, Jeff, as a follow-up, but I'm going to go to Kim next. Um, other than your your deep love of delegated conventions, which I share. Um, <laughs> for, and for two quick reasons, Amanda. One, it actually shows whether or not a leadership candidate can run a big campaign under the lights. And it it, it is the one thing that sort of mimics an actual um, an actual election. Uh, you've got to do it under the hot lights. You've got to do it. You rise to that occasion. You've got to figure out how to play brokerage politics, all of that sort of stuff. And if you do it right, it actually creates a longer list of people who are long-term members than, unfortunately, some of the Insta members that come along with a one-member, one-vote system, or in, in the New Democrat case, the one-member, one-ish vote system, because our labor waiting uh, for affiliates. So um, those things will be conversations in the days and weeks months ahead. Um, but also, you know, one of the challenges the liberals have is this whole, you know, free membership, come be a member thing that gets a little wonky, but um, I, I miss old school delegated conventions for a number of reasons, but mostly because I find that those who have, those who have become leaders in a non-delegated convention uh, way uh, don't have that same ability to rise to the challenge of a of a of an election campaign that being said we're not using that in the new democrats so um, <laughs> i will live to, live to hope for another day that we go back to delegated conventions um in terms of new democrats look you're right amanda andrea horvath is giving the baton over to someone else in a much better place than she took it from Howard Hampton. Um, Howard had come off of three consecutive losses. The first two, he lost official party status, uh, although he did win his own seat. So you know, he got to keep his job. Um, but, you know, sorry to liberals out there listening who feel, still feel the flesh of not winning your, your leader's seat. Um, but Andrea has left the party, the New Democrats, with lots of members to choose from. She has left it with tons of voters, really great, strong uh, local community uh, activists and advocates in every corner of the province. There isn't a place we're not playing in now, which is a very far cry from where, where the New Democrats were, um, you know, 15 years ago, 13 years ago. And so we're really actually getting into the situation where New Democrats are the only official opposition party in the House, let alone being official opposition now twice. Uh, that has a number of strengths to it that they can, that the interim leader uh, whoever they may be, uh, 
can play to as we go through a leadership race, but it also allows us to tr- attract really interesting candidates going forward. Uh, did we do everything right on election uh, during this past election? Absolutely not. Look, Andrea gave a phenomenal speech as her closing speech at you know, after the polls were closed, if she had given all of that speech, minus the quitting, uh, all of that speech at the start of the campaign, this would have been a very different outcome. But what is shoulda, coulda is here we are. Um, so now it's now it's figuring out how to be that opposition to recharge those batteries to get back in there, you know, this this summer, but also uh, and maintaining those relationships that that have been uh, pulled together over the over the last while. Um, There are lots of things that I saw in the liberal campaign that, you know, if I never see a chicken suit again in an election campaign, I will be a very happy woman um, because I've always found that anytime you're busting out a chicken suit, uh, it means your campaign is desperate for any sort of attention. So uh, things things never to do for politicos that are listening there and, and people who are going to go into war rooms in future. I've definitely used a chicken soup before, for the record. But uh, look, I, I don't like them. I feel like anybody who's watched the West Wing episode it, knows it's a desperate ploy. It always is a desperate ploy for media. It works. So it fine, was a long. It was a but long campaign. Man, that was. The worst, but I, 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 yeah. I mean, anyway, um, it's a very on point metaphor that only works in certain ways. Um, I mean, lots to unpack there too. Uh, I do want to ask both of you, given. Like kind of two pieces here to the leadership races, right? There's what should the leadership race look like? And if you look at the conservative leaders federally right now, it's interesting. Like it's being run, like Ian Brody's running a tight ship, but it's a very long race, which in theory, folks seem to feel as if, you know, if the membership numbers are where they are, folks are saying like, why are we waiting six, four months for this? So which I know there's some campaigns saying yes and some campaigns saying no. Fast doesn't mean better, Amanda. So that's always the starting so that, place. But it's logistical challenges for some of these in a post-COVID world. And, you know, if we look to what's happening in the conservative leadership, a long time to validate these inflated numbers we're hearing. Are these actual legitimate uh, voters that have this ability? The logistics on this, because they're running mail-in ballots, is, is massive. But regardless, you're looking at somebody who wants to run as a provincial party leader, striving to run a government, you should take a little bit of time to figure out who they are and whether or not they can stand that heat of the of the spotlight. It's easy for front runners to say, I want a short campaign because then they're not as battle tested. But frankly, I want to see my leaders a bit more battle tested. So you're pro, I mean, it makes sense, right? I'm not saying take you a year, year? year and a half. That's ridiculous. But, you know, something in a, you know, a, a six to nine month category, um, you know, I think that's, that is sort of that sweet spot. I feel like anything longer than that is, is too darn long. Um, but, you know, do do it in three months or four months it doesn't give you a chance to see who these people are. And sometimes, you know, they say in psychology that it takes three months to understand who somebody is, uh, to see them, to, for them to crack their mask. So that's why I never, I'm never a fan of their short leadership campaigns. Jeff, I mean, you mentioned earlier, like there's a big existential question for the liberals if it is the delegated or it's moved to one member, one vote or one of those systems. Um, what are you hearing and do you think it'll be a longer one or are you guys going to try and, and do a bit of a shotgun wedding? 
Um, I mean, my pro- generally speaking, I think that getting it right is more important than getting it quickly. Uh, the reality is that most Ontarians, um, maybe listeners of this podcast accepted, are not paying all that much attention to Ontario politics outside of the RIP period. Um, that was, of course, a bit different in the first wave of COVID-19 when Premier Ford was doing daily press conferences, but particularly for an unofficial party that's not going to have a regular standing in the legislature I don't know if there is a big rush to have a leader at the helm. Um, There's a lot that the party can do with its own infrastructure to rebuild. Um, But as we're kind of having this recalibration, thinking about the type of party we want to be, I don't think there's an urgency to it. um, And I have no um, have no issue um, with a longer campaign period. Are you pro? Do you want to do you want to keep the delegated or are you like more of a? a democracy kind of person and less of a fireworks kind of person. So what I historically, um, I historically have liked the delegated system. I think if there is an impression that the party has been too closed off, too insular, it needs to grow in several areas. I like the symbolism of of expanding um, voting ability. Um, And of course, having free membership potentially takes that a step further. Um, I listened to Gerald Butts on another podcast the other day. He's claiming that opening up the voting process saved the federal Liberal Party. Um, So I do think while we're trying to get as many ideas on the table, um, that there's a lot of merit to one member, one vote. Uh, Look, I'll also say for the record, I love what what the Conservatives do in the 100 point system. If you're going to go with this, you know, you know, get as many new members as you want putting each riding to a hundred points uh, actually makes you have to go do the hard work in smaller communities. Um, that doesn't often happen in any party. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually a big fan. If you're going to, if you're going to do that, put the weighting in such a way that there is, there is a level playing field in, in every community. A holdover from the merger. That was an assistance by the PC so that the, the right of the party did not swallow not yeah. all things merger are bad. Just I'm not a fan of the this proposal out there for a, an NDP uh, liberal, you know, merger. But look, if this is going to be like what we see in Saskatchewan or Manitoba uh, or Alberta, where it's a new Democrat-led progressive universe, come on over, guys. We're already official parties. So, so jumping in there though, you just mentioned it. And it was definitely on my list when I did tell you guys I was going to ask this question. Um, <laughs> And I think I already know your answers, uh, but there's been, of course, this peer, like the knee jerk, the party should merge and we should have a united left and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, my contention is they're very different kinds of parties made of very different kinds of individuals um, from an operational perspective, from a campaign style perspective, from a vote appeal perspective. And the idea that you would merge, I think, would be complicated, complex and not necessarily, I think, lead to a like, Probably a ton of infighting and not a lot of media results. Um, and also like big 10 parties are hard. Like the liberals in theory are normally a, a big, like a bigger tent kind of place. But like, if you look at what's happening federally with the conservatives, like, and you look at what happened to Jason Kenney, man, like those are not easy places to go live, let alone as you're in a rebuilding process. Um, so just curious, uh, maybe uh, I'll go to you first, Jeff, and then Kim, um, where do you sit on this merger idea? Do you think there's some merit um, or are we just, People just calm this floating stuff that no one's going to buy. Yeah, I'm going to say two things that are potentially um, 
that sound contradictory. I think this is the time for the party to have this conversation. All ideas should be on the table. I'm all for if somebody wants to introduce a motion, because I think exploring it may help us better define uh, what it being an Ontario liberal should mean, um, potentially as including as something that's very different from being a new Democrat. Um, I don't think the outcome of a merger likely makes sense uh, for the reason that you mentioned that keeping a tent that big um, is difficult. It's not just a given that you get the 24% from the NDP and the 24% from the Liberals and they all add up neatly. Um, as a Liberal also, uh, the party, despite having two very difficult elections, has a branding that resonates. Um, liberal parties are have one of the strongest brands in the Western world. I worry about that being diluted as liberal progressives or whatever liberal Democrats or whatever it would be called as some sort of merged entity, particularly in the 905, which are key battleground entities. Um, liberals have continued to carry more weight with some exceptions. Um, and finally, I would say that I think having a, just on a personal belief, I think having a centrist brokerage party that can win government is a good thing. We've seen in the US that there's Democrats and Republicans and it's very polarized and people can barely talk to each other in some cases. And there's a lot that contributes to that social media, the cable news ecosystem. But I think our three party system is actually, I heard it's more than three, but three parties that win the majority of the seats is actually a strength of, of our Ontario system and one that I would have uh, really strong hesitations about parting with. Yeah. Yeah. They're very different parties. They're very different ethos. Yes. There are some parts of the, of policies where we're similar, uh, you know, but even if I look at, you know, things like ODSP uh, in the last election became a big talking point, big source of conversation. Um, you know, the New Democrats realized that it was important uh, and they made they made a quick alteration at the beginning of the campaign to say, no, you know what, let's let's double this, making sure that that is a thing. And in fact, what we saw was then the liberals hitting us on it going, oh, well, you can't you can't you can't get this straight. But yet they didn't want to actually do the right thing and and move forward on helping people who, frankly, if, if anybody listening to this podcast looks with somebody who is on ODSP, Ontario Disability Sports Program, what they try to live on, try to think about it in your own life. Like it is the right thing to do not to be in legislative poverty. So, but the liberals didn't want to do that and taught, used it as a cheap hit. So some of these things are, how do you do politics better? How do you do community building better? Um, you know, not to say build back better, but how do you do these things in a, in a much more appropriate way? And yes, I, I will hear liberals say things. Some liberals will say to me, but Kim, we'd be a new Democrat, but Jill can't win. Mm, you know what I saw on election night? My leader won her seat. Um, so we can win. We do win. Uh, all those things are possible. So fine. If those people want to come over and you know be part of the new Democrat tent, I'm all for it. Uh, but if this is just a weird way of, of, of liberals trying to score cheap points instead of doing the hard rebuild, that I'm not for it. Um, I'm not, I'm, my, my gut reaction is this is not a merger that is possible. Um, and, and, you know, I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I just don't see it at this, at this point. I, I just want to challenge a little bit of that, just out of curiosity, Kim, is that you've mentioned we win, right? But do you win? I mean, well, you can argue you, you successfully we, like grown. We have, we have, government. we have, we have grown well. We have we have formed a government once since. Sorry, uh, I know, but since so since I'll, then, there's I'll a collaboration, and and then you know our leader went 
to run as a liberal. Uh, that being yeah. said, I will I will say this, Amanda. We are on a trajectory of permanence, relevance, and ability to get to governance. Uh, that's where we're at. That's the trajectory the New Democrats are on in Ontario. Very similar to what we see in, in Alberta and in other places where it is just a New Democrat versus PC universe. I don't know what the future holds for that, but I know where we were when I joined this party and started working on campaigns in 1990. I know what we were like in the in the Hampton years where we were struggling. Uh, but where we are now is, again, relevance and ready for governance. Now, it will require the new leader uh, to want to take that trajectory. And that is a very different conversation. There are always people in politics, and we see this in every polit- every political party. Are you a movement or are you trying to govern? And so that's really going to be those heart and soul questions uh, that each of the campaigns, the each of the campaigns will have to ask themselves. I know I like to I'd like to be on the happier side of election night, the governing side of election night, um, because I I firmly believe that the best way uh, to move things forward is to be the, the folks uh, who are pulling those levers. Uh, you know, there's lots you can do as an opposition. There are lots of movements you can do with uh, with lobby efforts and advocacy efforts. Uh, but it's a heck of a lot easier if you're just the people writing the writing the bills. Um, we just got about three minutes left, Jeff. So Kim kind of put out a prescription at the end there for what she thinks the party needs to do to kind of move to the next level. Um, if you were sitting on the inside of the rebuild of this, maybe you are, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you're part of it in a certain way. Um, what would you tell the liberals they need to be doing right now? Well, it's clear that while I, we definitely had a plan that was very different from the NDPs, I'm not sure that we made that distinction clearly enough throughout the campaign. Um, and we need to have something that we can present to people that shows how we're different, particularly to modern Ontarians beyond our claims to electability. Um, so I think looking at that, where that's going, I would look to where the province is going that will probably be facing a very different set of issues in the few years ahead. Um, that a lot of economists are projecting that Ontario is headed towards um, a recession. And we haven't really had an election campaign that's about the economy on a macro way in a long time. So I think something that the party can do well is presenting a vision for jobs and growth and reskilling, but doing so in a way that the impacts of all that is felt equitably. That's the lane that we've been strong in historically um, in a way that helps the middle class. That's very high level, and we have a few years to land with the issue set of the day. But I think strong on the economy as our baseline is something that will need to be front and center um, as we try to catapult out of third place uh, back into government. Okay. All right. Uh, That's time. And Jeff is right on, as I appreciate as a radio person. So um, thank you, Jeff and Kim, so much for joining us for this discussion. Uh, We will certainly, I think, be revisiting this in the coming uh, months and maybe even years uh, as we go towards the next election. So thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Political Traction is powered by Navigator, Canada's leading high-stakes public affairs firm. Our show is produced by John Gardner, Matthew Barnes, Adam Owen, and Thomas Ashcroft. A very special thank you goes out to this week's guest, Jeff Costin and Kim Wright. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to read us online wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Traction Poly. I'm your host, Amanda Galbraith. We'll see you real soon.